Hello? This is Chanel. Yes, yes, it's, oh. uh, I can hear you. Okay, cool. Thank you so much for coming on to the show. I really appreciate it. Thank you for inviting me. Yeah, I've, I know that it's been a minute. Uh, we were supposed to do this a couple years ago and do the scheduling and everything else. <laughs> Time didn't uh, allow it to happen. Yeah. So, uh, thank you so much. It's good that we have um, the chance to talk now. Yes. Um, well, right now we are recording. And I want to thank you and everybody for um, listening to today's episode, which is 250 of um, Chanel's Language Learning Podcast. And um, today we are with a Russian um, progress podcaster, Mr. Um, Artem Nazarov. And um, so I usually just ask my guests, um, could they, you know, tell about their, you know, language learning journey, and then we kind of segue from there, like you know okay. how you got started. Uh, well, my language learning journey started back in 2013, when I got interested in Italy uh, after my first trip, and after this trip, I started. Uh, I started learning this language, trying uh, to learn it by myself. Uh, back then, I also found uh, different podcasts, podcasts, and or YouTube channels uh, on language learning, uh, different polyglots, and uh, it really helped me to get some knowledge on how to learn languages. And uh, that together, my passion passion towards Italy and uh, this knowledge and uh, the uh, people who inspired me by their language skills, polyglots, um, all this uh, resulted in uh, me learning first Italian and uh, in 10 months uh, up to an intermediate level. And then I thought, why not switching to another faculty on my university? Uh, because back then I was studying sociology and I decided to switch to uh, regional studies because there was French and uh, I started learning French uh, again after a year. Uh, it was a success uh, because I really enjoyed um, content in French and tests and it wasn't very difficult learning uh, knowing English and Italian and then uh, went Spanish Portuguese then I tried to learn German um, this this one was difficult then Greek and uh, other languages Thai um, not doesn't mean that I speak all these languages but I have experience learning about 10 languages mm -hmm. now my main focus is on Polish and Polish, I can communicate in this language. I understand it uh, very well, although it wasn't that easy as might uh, might seem, uh, meaning that I'm native Russian speaker and uh, people might think that it's easy for me to learn Polish. Wasn't the case. And a little bit of Ukrainian, because knowing 
Russian and Polish, it's it just need to uh, get used to it and uh, to understand and rip and that's basically it and uh, the last uh, three years i've been working on my language project which is russian progress channel and podcast this is uh, an intermediate to advanced podcast for those who are learning russian and uh, i try to apply all my uh, uh, language experience, learning language experience um, into this project um, so that people could learn um, Russian the natural way and uh, through, I, I hope, interesting content. So, yeah, this is my language story. You know, that's awesome because, like, I remember, I forgot who, I know that you had been interviewed by, like, Chris Broholm of, um, actual fluency at one point and i remember watching a few um youtube videos with you discussing your um language journey and and bits and pieces of it Mm -hmm. and i said i said well this is interesting because i i knew about the italian i knew about the french and i knew about the english and of course the russian because you're a native russian speaker but i was like when you start saying like uh, Spanish and Portuguese and Greek and Thai. I'm like, oh wow. <laughs> um, I mean, now was it the reason for you learning the rest of you know? I mean, evidently, once you learn one Romance language, you kind of wind up learning the rest of them. Um, minus Romanian, because I mean, the only place mm-hmm. Romanian technically is spoken is in Romania, but um, I'm just curious. Like, was it? just you know sure curiosity you know or was it because you want to travel there or you made friends on the internet or you know it was just you know okay i see so for me um choosing the language i want to learn is uh, very dependent on my interest towards uh towards the country and the culture uh mm-hmm. the, the language itself is not very interesting for me because I'm not a linguist uh, by nature. I'm not very interested in all these details and stuff and grammar. Uh, of course, it's fun to speak another language, to try try to reproduce the sounds and uh, to uh, see your improvement in it. But for me, uh, language is just a medium of uh, communication and a media, medium of um, uh, better understanding the culture, the people. And of course, while while travel uh, easily uh, do all, all the things you want in uh, this country, uh, way easier and way way you have way richer experience while traveling than without the language, even in English. If you if you communicate with some someone here, for example, I'm in Cyprus right now, and uh, my Greek is not that good. Uh, the communication in English is uh, is possible. We can communicate, but it's not the same as uh, if I were if I could speak Greek, for example. So for me, the country, the culture is the most the the the, the, mo- the biggest motivator when it comes to learning a language. Uh, so first, I learned uh, the language I liked, uh, the the country I liked, Italy, and then France. Very interested in it. Uh, of course, Spanish, Spain, 
generally I'm very I love Europe in general. Cultures are very interesting to um, absorb. Uh, so this is why my languages are mainly European. Mm-hmm. And uh, of course, Latin America, uh, Brazil, Brazilian Portuguese that I learned. Uh, when it comes to Thai, uh, the thing is that I was in Thailand for uh, for a month. My mom lives there. I've been there four times, I guess. And uh, it's not that I'm really passionate about Thailand because for me, I like very uh, developed uh, uh, countries and uh, cities. I love urban urbanism urban studies i don't know how it's called in english uh but thailand is a very chilled place uh, where you uh just go for for the sun for the warm climate and it's not something i'm very uh very excited about well the thing is that i was there for a month and i just came up with an idea that why not at least try to learn something to read uh, because there is another script, uh, another writing system. Um, and uh, that was my uh, my try. Uh, I didn't go very far with it, but it was uh, also a week is enough to get uh, a lot about the the culture, the 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 country, the language, etc. Just to like your understanding of it uh, before learning the language and after just a week is uh, uh, it's an enormous uh, difference. So it was a nice experience, but honestly, uh, I'm not sure I'm gonna uh, go for this experience uh, again with. Yes, you know, uh, we have just one life and I want to learn uh, many, many other uh, cultures, languages uh, to get to know them. So the next choice uh, as far as uh, Asian languages would be, I don't know, Japanese, for example. Oh, yeah. And, um, yes, stuff like that. So I'm interested in countries and traveling, uh, try to travel as much as I can. Mm-hmm. Uh, so languages help me to travel also a good reason to learn them is that languages help you to travel with without actually moving to some place right. some country you know you just uh, get a lot of information and fun from uh the internet uh, while uh, uh, listening to something watching to something in um in another language so that's why i learned them okay um now i'm, I'm curious like What's your method like? I mean, are you more visual? Are you more audio? Are you more, you know, uh, extrovert? You like to go out and like, as soon as you learn something, go out and use it? Or do you like to take the more introverted point of view mm-hmm. where you study it and then you go out and use it? Um, so my method is uh, not very different from many, many polyglots, uh, around uh, on YouTube, uh, which is based on massive listening. I listen to, when I start learning a language, I listen to at least 30 minutes. Then I, as I understand more and more, I can uh, go for, I don't know, an hour, two hours, five hours, I don't know, depending on the situation. Right. Uh, but yeah, it's very, very focused on 
listening because it's the most efficient for me uh i can uh a lot more information through um while listening instead of reading because reading is way too difficult uh you you don't know how to pronounce uh words for example in sounds uh you slow you're very slow at the beginning and even mm -hmm. when you uh get to an intermediate level then still it's easier for you to listen uh right. than to read so uh i'm trying to find the most uh, the fastest way to the most efficient way for me to learn a language and of course uh you cannot uh, language is a huge amount of uh, information which uh, you don't not, not only have to uh have to memorize but also be able to use this to uh, make sentences uh, to put the phrases together words together the skill uh and the easiest way for me to do this is by listening by imitating because imitation becomes from uh begins from the first first you have to to listen to something uh to imitate it so uh for me it's uh, about a year of listening um in that way and i try to separate uh speaking and listening uh input and output because uh when you start right. input and output uh at the beginning the two things at once then it might be over too complicated for you uh so and basically communication speaking to another person is uh right. always uh listening um so why not first uh develop the skill of understanding the language understanding what uh, you uh without stressing out that you don't understand them because first you you're stressed out because you uh, don't know how to say something and it's very difficult for you but then when uh you get to listen and then you don't understand that there's uh dub double uh difficulty and frustration so my method is based on listening uh i first try to uh to get to a good level of understanding and then i switch to i start working on speaking and now uh, my method is i i cannot even say that it's studying or learning it's just getting used uh, to a language by by getting input um, yeah i just uh, listen to the language i at the beginning of course i translate something but almost never i on the textbook or stuff like that so it's uh, more like uh, like listening fun watching a youtube video so yeah no no, no grammar learning uh, at least at the beginning and at least uh, in theor theoretical way um but yeah so this is my method oh no that's interesting because i'm an auditory learner and um i i actually taught myself russian in two and a half years with hardly any type of like resources that were accessible six years ago and i just used like i found a podcast and i used that because it was like 30 lessons and i absorbed that in a week and then i just start speaking because i mm -hmm. really you know visually this wasn't going to work 
So I said, well, I'll just start speaking. And so I just started speaking. And then I found the Michelle Thomas Russian course. Mm -hmm. Evidently, I had, you know, I really didn't know which way to go. So I'm like, oh, well, let's try this. And then I did a little bit of Pimsleur. And then that felt like I was on a tourist, like, vacation. I didn't like it. It was too slow. And um, so then I just kept with the Michelle Thomas. And then I used, like, uh, the Memorize app and did all seven years of that. And I just kept speaking. Like, I would record myself speaking online and putting it up on Facebook and joining groups and, you know, rushing groups and introducing myself and explaining my process. And I started making friends and I even got to the point where I had a Russian boyfriend. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and uh, so it, for me, it, it was like, you know, finding that input that was interesting. I mean, I, I found someone to mirror. Um, I, well, I pretty much watched President Putin's speeches and watched a lot of um, the live Russian um, TV shows where you mm-hmm. were on um, in real time. So you get to hear what they really say, like on the street, kind of. Mm-hmm. So I enjoyed that. I mean, I, I learned more about my country from watching <laughs> the mm-hmm. news in Russian and watching press conferences and watching you know, all kinds of like movies. Like I, I did like 5,544 hours worth of listening in a year of nothing but Russian from 6 a.m. to midnight, just in the background. I found podcasts like Radio Roca and I, I, I did a lot of different things and read a lot of um, newspaper stuff in English before it got taken down. And then I just started making friends and I just started talking. Yeah, my grammar sucked. But I got to a pretty high level. I, I I realized I was highly proficient in Russian when I can carry a three-hour conversation with my ex-boyfriend's mother. And she spoke no English. She mm-hmm. only spoke German and Russian. And literally, we were on the phone talking for three hours. And it was the most liberating, wow. the most liberating feeling for me. And then the other part was I literally... Um, was listening to uh, Binary Man um, in Russian. And I, you know, in the beginning, you don't know anything. I knew like eight words in Russian when I started. And then two and a half years went by and I could listen to Tolstoy in Russian. You know, so... Not bad. That, that, Good progress. Yeah, yeah. And then, like, I found your podcast. And then I'm like, I love this. I mean, like, whenever, like, I feel like my Thank Russian is taking a dip. I would listen to your stuff because it's it's coming from a real person and it's real content. It's not coming from a book. And I was like, we don't learn from a book. Like, you know, I, I use my own life like as a way to mirror um, my language learning. So whatever language I'm learning, I will kind of copy that. Like, okay, I want to learn how to cook. So why don't I learn how to cook something in the target language or learn about the different foods or go grocery shopping or in the target language or pick up the phone and order some food over the phone, anything to be able to use it. You know, and I I have to say that the Russian people were the first people to welcome me into the polyglot community. Um, You know, and I, I mean, Russian's like my fourth language. So yeah, I, yeah, this is something that, you know, I, um, 
was like really passionate about and I didn't even have to leave the US to to become highly proficient you know even though yeah, I do of course okay, but <laughs> but um it's for me and a lot of other people you know people still think you need to go to the country to learn I'm like no not necessarily no 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 it's a typical stereotype actually I noticed that uh for me it's even more stressful to be in a country and not be not being able to speak it uh because i uh constantly face situations in which i should say something i i cannot or somebody says says to me a phrase or i don't know some uh dialogue comes up and uh, i always i'm always stressed out that i i'm not really able to Uh, speak the language and uh, it's not something that really motivates you uh, but when you already uh, spend some time learning the language at home um, that means that you're very motivated because of course in your country there is nothing speak, but mostly uh, you don't face uh, speaking uh, people speaking greek like in russia or i don't know italian or other languages especially now so uh have learned some language and come into the country uh being able to understand at least a really really uh better experience to for me at least i uh, noticed it a couple of times like in serbia it was very difficult for me to learn the language because also you have some different uh things to organize to you know organize your life because it's not a country you not really have enough time or i don't know uh have other stuff to do besides language learning maybe just uh discovering new places city and uh at home it could be uh way better it's way easier to organize uh don't move too much like for me it's a uh, uh, might be difficult because i always uh move from one city to another and have to start my routine from uh, the beginning all the time but yeah for me definitely better to learn uh, to some level uh, at home uh, in Russia the language and then uh, to develop it uh, here and use it pleasantly in uh, the country where they speak it now I have I, I have to ask, like, do you, um, like, when you decided, like, to create, you know, Russian progress, uh, okay, was the whole idea surrounded by you in your own journey? That's why you wanted to help people, like, improve their Russian? The thing is that I, for the last uh, five years before starting this project, I... Uh, I've seen uh, how it works from the other side, from the side of a student, uh, because I used the same materials, podcasts with transcripts, videos with subtitles. And uh, for me, it was uh, um, something very clear uh, how it should work. And um, so that it would be uh, a good language learning material and uh, not something very difficult uh to create um 
you know, just uh, for being a native speaker of a language, uh, speaking uh, in this language for 10 minutes, 30 minutes. Uh, it's not something that is very difficult. Uh, but for those learning language, this is a very useful if there's a transcript, subtitles, and uh, so yeah, I encourage everybody to create this kind of materials in their language, because uh, for big languages like Spanish, English, and uh, French, uh, of course there are materials like that, but for Greek, well now for Greek there's easy Greek, uh, languages like Romanian, um, there's not not many content, uh, many materials like that, and uh, would be really, really great uh, for me as a language learner to to find them, uh, because really it's uh, I I don't need a lot of uh, link, a lot of material, a lot of uh, I don't know explanation on how some something works. Um, I believe that my created that that way that to decode the language to learn it uh, easily without uh, too much explanation just by mm -hmm. uh, getting this input and uh, your job is just to provide uh, with this input uh, being uh, consistent because even uh, the easiest language which is for me Ukrainian for you I don't know Dutch maybe um even with these languages it's still it it takes time it takes at least half half a year to to be able to uh, well understanding is not very difficult uh, no. but to speak you have to get used to it because of course uh, difference are so so yeah but uh another a little bit another topic but uh, that's uh, speaking for me is not uh, my main focus uh, when it comes to learning languages. Uh, mostly, I learn them to understand, and because uh, even if I like to travel, um, I I don't spend the same amount of time uh, in in a country speaking the language uh, than, for example, as for example, at home uh, watching YouTube or listening to podcasts. So. Uh, understanding, being able to understand the language is the most important and useful skill for me. Mm -hmm. And uh, hopefully it mm, it is not the one, the, the most difficult one. It's uh, just takes uh, time, uh, patience, uh, and the strategy is uh, pretty much the same for, for each, at least European language. Of course, when it comes to chat, and, uh, languages with uh, characters it's another story but uh, yeah to understand the language uh, it's it's really uh, magical when you're uh, you're able to get the information uh, in another language um, in Romanian I don't know in Spanish and for me it's a ki kind of um, kind of the opportunity to um, feeling comfortable um, in 
uh, as much territories as possible uh, when it comes to traveling and uh, being able to open a video, uh, play the video again in any language and to understand it. So it's not uh, only about the uh, this very video, but for example, um, uh, create something unique like in Polish, uh, I can this is very, very something very uh, that I appreciate very much. You know, that's interesting you say that because I I find that, you know, even languages that I don't speak, but I have a, a high passive knowledge of. Um, like I have a passive knowledge of like German and Italian and French and Dutch, uh, you know, mainly because I, I took Spanish in college and I learned everything by ear, but then I wasn't really into, I want to speak the language. I was into, I like the music. I like the food and the dancing. I like the cultural elements of it, but I just wasn't into, I want to speak this language. Like mm-hmm. it's perfect. I mean, and I can, that's not the problem. It's just that it wasn't like my link. It was like one of those things where you have to take it because you needed it for a degree requirement, as opposed to, I want to learn this language because I want to go to Mexico or Puerto Rico or Cuba or Spain somewhere and speak with, you know, the locals. I, that wasn't, that wasn't my intention. I mean, I even lived in California for some time and tried to speak and yeah, it was, it was a nightmare. (laughs) And I realized it just wasn't, I mean, I, I still know it, you know, I'm still highly proficient at it, but I just, I'm not somebody that, um, I have to be able to feel the language. So like Russian is a prime example. I call it my love language because I fell in love with it. And, you know, just the history and the people and the culture and the politics and the craziness of it all. And um, for me and for a lot of other people, you know, like when you're speaking, like, I, I mean, I have a tendency if I hear someone say they know Russian, I, I will turn around. And I will start speaking in Russian. And then, of course, they're caught off guard because I'm speaking in Russian and they didn't expect me to speak in their language. But then I've also gotten, it's impolite to speak in a language when someone else doesn't know that language. And I'm like, well, what's the point in knowing the language if you can't speak it in public? Yeah, I mean... I, I've I've seen that I've seen that a lot I've seen that from other Russians, and then I've seen it from Americans that learned Russian. So I'm just curious, like, is that is that something that's like you know normal that takes place, or is it just a, an insecurity thing, or they feel embarrassed, or you know, I was just curious about that. Um. I, uh, how is it called? Um, um, can you please uh, the, the repeat what, oh, okay. what, what's uh, the, what okay. is the phenomena okay. Okay. you're talking so, about? Okay, so to make a long story short, whenever I speak Russian to someone, whether it's someone that has learned Russian or a native speaker, Okay. Like, like I can be in an environment like a chat room or I can be on the street 
and you have okay. other people that don't speak the language, but you're speaking with them because they speak that language. Then they sit there and tell you, well, can we go into English because they don't know what we're talking about? So mm-hmm. I didn't know if it was more of they felt a little awkward or you see what I'm saying? They are ashamed of speaking another right. language. Right. Well, probably it's uh, more comfortable for them to speak English. And uh, many people are afraid of making mistakes. Uh, like back when you were corrected all the time. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's, uh, yeah, it's very common. Uh, everybody who who like a lot of people who dealt with uh, learning language at school at the university and then if they want to they like there's uh there are two different worlds uh two different approaches in language learning the one uh like the traditional and the polyglot way i don't know how it's how to call it and uh, the polyglot way when uh, want to enter the club, so to speak. Uh, they're really um, impressed and uh, surprised that you actually don't have to be afraid of making mistakes. And mistakes, it's normal. But yeah, they are. We all used to to this, uh, to the idea of being perfect. Um, and uh, it's not about. It's something that's not really about language learning because you cannot be being perfect, at least at the beginning, at least like not not at the beginning, the, the whole time learning a language uh, and even speaking your own language um, every now and then. And uh, basically language is not mathematics. Um, uh, it's very philosophical question, which what what is a mistake what what is a, a new form uh, of uh, grammar uh, aspect uh, so it's very fluid and uh, it's of course it's uh, totally okay uh, learning on your mistakes uh, maybe it's not okay to uh, make uh, the same mistakes over and over again uh, with the idea of uh, uh, getting rid of that them, you know, like hoping to uh, not making them, and uh, actually not doing something about it. Uh, but if you if you want to progress, if you want to uh, speak um, better all the time, first you have to speak uh, badly. Yeah. So so yeah, that's something someone should um should learn uh the first way um if here to learn a language without pain and uh, uh stress yeah because i mean i was just really shocked by it because i i i was so gung-ho pretty much for like speaking because i couldn't believe i had ran into somebody that spoke russian so i just started speaking i mm-hmm. You know, and I mean, evidently it did catch, catch them off guard, but it was yeah. just like, it was just like everybody else in the room was still having their conversations in English, not giving a crap about what we were talking about. 
Mm. But but I was just real I because I was in a clubhouse room recently, and um, I um, uh, one of my friends is Russian, and we've been friends for a while, and so we were speaking, and I was interpreting what I was saying to everybody else who didn't speak, and she said, "Let's speak English because they don't speak this," and I said, "Okay, that's fine," but to me. I guess I get a little um, a little annoyed because I kind of feel like I want to be able to speak. Mm-hmm. And I kind of feel like, well, it's not my fault that I want to speak and that the rest of the room doesn't know Russian or doesn't know this language. I mean, anyone can learn a language if they really want to, but 90% of the people that I know, you know, it's like, their attitude is just so negative towards it. And I'm like, uh, do you realize the benefits of knowing how to speak a language? Mm-hmm. You know, look at how many more people you get to be friends with and how many more cultures and stuff you get to learn about. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm agree. Um, so uh, it's something that you remind me. You, uh, uh, the polyglot conference uh, where people are usually uh, speak uh, different languages apart from English, of course, English right. as well. But when some, uh, like, uh, there are five people in a group, uh, they disc- they speak in Italian, for example, and then uh, comes up someone uh, who doesn't speak Italian, and then we have to switch to English, and this uh, this is something happen- that's happened all the time so so yeah uh, basically um it's very difficult to uh not to speak english because of course it's a uh, medium language common language um but yeah if uh of course also it's it's not a problem to find someone to speak any language example Right. So, yeah. Oh, yeah, because I, I do, I I used to do WhatsApp, and I would join groups based off of the language I was studying. Even mm-hmm. if I dabbled in it, I, I did that. And I encourage all my students to do the same thing, because you find that you'll meet new people, and people are very helpful and kind, and you know, you have the occasional person that might want to act, you know, a little bit badly, but aside from that, you know, like, it's it's kind of uh, cool when you can connect with someone that you know you're learning their language. They want to learn your language, and you do a language swap, and you know you mm-hmm. start getting to know each other as people. And you know, I mean, I mean, I've been invited to people's houses in Russia, just wow. you know, and like I said, uh, one of my goals eventually. Um, as a language lover myself, is to actually do an interview entirely in Russian. Yeah, we're going to do it on Russian Progress Channel. (laughs) Yeah, and I I, I literally, I'm going to have to work out for it because I'm going to tell you right now, my grammar is bad. (laughs) Okay, we're going to fix it up. But um, yeah, I mean, and I do. I it, it's one of those things where I sit there and I say, well, you know, I've interviewed a lot of people 
you know, from like Richard Simcott and Alex Rowlings and uh, Ollie Richards and Chris Proholm and Kirsten mm-hmm. and Lindsay and Shannon and all well, these good, other people. Good company to be in. Yes, yes. And and it's it's kind of funny because now, you know, I'm, I'm saying I, I want to find new people to interview because there's so many people now. So many people learning languages and you know, someone asked me, well, why Russian? I was like, well, why not? I was like, do you realize Russian is like one of the oldest languages in the world next to Greek, next to French and English, next to China, Mandarin Chinese? Um, you know, it, it, that it's, it's been around since like 882, you know, when yeah. the Rus and Kiev and all that. So I said, you know. Good person, language to learn. I recommend yeah. Right. And, and I mean, I'm going into business, you know, with my own language business. And so I said, you know, that's another thing, you know, I encourage my um, students to do is to, if you're going to go into a particular field, learn the language for that, that, that job, you know, okay, you're not going to be 100%, you know, proficient in it, you know, but there are avenues where you can learn the language for your work you know and um, I mean a lot of people do that they learn Spanish you know because they're going into banking or they're going into customer service or whatever it is and so whatever their job is they learn the vocabulary and the you know all that and the phrases that they would have to say for the for that particular job description and I said you'll be surprised you know how much um, that kind of knowledge comes in handy and I was like there's a lot of like business people that are Russian and I said you'll be surprised Russian is a beautiful language I mean yes the grammar is hell but but if, if you do a lot more listening you'll, you'll be able to understand it I mean I don't really focus on the writing aspect of it because I'm like I want to speak with the person I don't want to read what they say even though I do know the alphabet in braille and in, in in print but i said i my whole goal is i want to be able to be understood by the person i'm talking to and i want them to understand me and i want to be able to speak it comfortably like i speak english you know so for me personally just as a language learner in my own right um and a fellow podcaster i you know i find that you know, when you find something or someone out there that, you know, you can connect with, you know, especially the information that they're providing, um, that, that says a lot. I mean, I do know a lot of people, they have their YouTube channels and it's beginner Russian or they have easy Russian language, which I, I'm subscribed to that, but, well, mostly all of them. But, um, you know, I, I do have to say, you know, um, listening to your show a lot you know, really does, um, it, it, it improves, I know for me, it improves, I can listen to it for like six weeks straight or like not even a month. And a lot of my, a lot of my vocabulary comes back a lot of, you know, oh, well, I get what, okay, I, I understood that, you know, um, so forth and so on. And, and I just have to thank you for um, putting this, this content out here because a lot of times we, you know, there's not, a lot of intermediate um, material out there uh, for people that want to, you know, advance their Russian. I mean, like, 
I yeah, that's true. That's true. Yeah. Thank so, you so much for the feedback. Oh, you're welcome. Um, now I'm just curious. Um, evidently, you created your podcast, and you created your YouTube channel. I mean, evidently, when you're when you're creating your your YouTube channel, do you like? take the audio from the the episode and then put it into the podcast or is it vice versa how do you uh, so yeah the first uh, i started youtube channel and uh, after six months i guess i started a podcast but mm -hmm. firstly i recorded videos explaining something uh there were short videos like five minutes, 10 minutes, sometimes 15 minutes, but mostly 10 minutes. Then I thought, why not uh, making a podcast, uh, which would uh, would be uh, for 20 minutes for episode um, or more. And uh, firstly, initially, I published just uh, audio. Mm -hmm. uh, but then uh, the thing is that uh, the subtitles that are automatically created on YouTube, um, th there was something that was very, very helpful for me uh, back mm -hmm. then, uh, because you had to uh, write it uh, from scratch, but you had some base uh, text that you, you would just edit and uh, it would work. So uh, with this idea, I, um, I thought, why not recording uh, the video as well? And uh, the next, uh, I don't know, 10, 20 episodes were um, as uh, recorded as audio and as video. But uh, videos were on Patreon. Now I'm going to, uh, soon I have uh, plans to uh, open all of it because, uh, like, I have 20 videos uh, already uh, with subtitles uh, prepared uh, and so on. So many people can use it. It's a shame that they're closed, so I'm going to open it. But then I started uh, open a uh, new episode and started publishing it on YouTube. And so now uh, what I do is I record a video. And uh, actually, for me as a recorder, as a podcaster, it's not always easy to understand whether I'm recording a video or a podcast. Because when you're recording a podcast... Uh, you're not very focused on uh, how you look on screen and stuff like that. How how's the 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 image, the picture? But now, uh, yeah, I do both, and I think uh, at the end of the day, it's the most efficient one because um, you can choose the format you like. Uh, you can uh, watch the video with subtitles, and you can because when I publish the video, sometimes there is no footage. Uh, I mean, no, um, no editing, uh, just me speaking. But then, every now and then, like of course, when I explain uh, the mimics and this, uh, this is something very helpful. So, uh, but uh, also I add some stuff. For example, I'm talking about a city. I can uh, put a, a video, a small video uh, from the city. So it's more visual, more visuals. Um, of course, there are subtitles. Mm -hmm. But if you want to use uh, this on your run, uh, on, I don't know, walking, um, 
but on car uh, stuff like that you can use audio and uh, also a thing i i'm editing editing right now on the site is that i uh, i want to i want to add loop so that uh, when you click on the episode on the audio on the website uh, you can listen to it like i don't know many many hours and this is very helpful because with doing something you're exercising or i don't know you do some stuff on the house and it's not very convenient to uh switch the show um to replay it if you want but with this new uh function uh, would be really really convenient to repeat stuff very very easy so yeah try different different things um but now yeah mainly it's podcast video podcast and uh, a normal podcast well that's awesome because i i you know i mostly do all mine audio i kind of feel like when i do mine I, it, it takes you back to the days of like oral storytelling mm-hmm. where someone could just listen and they're not focused on having to watch somebody and because I have stagnus in both my eyes and my eyes like to move around a lot, I have a tendency to not like wa- like watching myself on video. So that's why like my YouTube channel is what it is. Like I have a couple of videos and that's it. Like I just mm-hmm. it, it's kinda hard for me to like look at myself in the freaking dad go on camera, make sure my eye line is perfect. Make sure I'm not, I mean, I'm concentrating on that alone in trying to have a conversation. Right, yeah, right. I was, oh my God. Okay. I'm just going to sit, stick to um, speaking on an audio uh, format because it was so much more easier and less stressful. Now, I mean, I did exactly. in theater in college, so I have degrees in both and I have my, t- my TEFL certification too, but I just said, I just like the whole podcast thing because you can download it and listen and listen to it as mm-hmm. much as you want. I mean, I'll still watch people's videos. I just won't be making my own. Not in mm-hmm. that regard. Like, I'll, I'll do Facebook Live and half the time, I don't even show my face. I just show the wall or some part of my house and I just start talking because that way it's a little bit more easier for me mm-hmm. But, you know, I mean, I've had to explain to people that follow me, I don't show my face because I'm sensitive to the camera light and my eyes water and and then they start to understand, okay, I get the point. But I, you know, I really enjoy, you know, the process of being able to speak to people and have a conversation about, you know, language learning and how people, you know, uh, do, they have their own process. I mean, and there's a lot that are similar between your process and my process um, because Mainly, I focus on the pronunciation, the speaking, the listening, you mm-hmm. know, less on the reading and writing because you got to have a certain amount of words and phrases and all that in order for you to be able to understand what you're reading in the first place. So, you know, once I get to a high level, and I mean, high level and not being able to forget it, like probably B2. Mm-hmm. Now, I can push myself to a C1, I will, but. Overall, if if I just want basics, you know, I just want the basics. I just want to do an A1 real quick and say that I did it. I'll do that. But then 
if I really want it to stick, I'll I'll shoot for an intermediate, you know, like a B1. But overall, like if I really want to master it, that's when I take the time and, and focus on the one language. Because I know people, oh, well, I've learned this language and this amount. I was like, yeah, but you, are you retaining what you learn? Mm-hmm. Are you able to, to speak it back to somebody or, you know, be able to formulate your own sentences regardless if the grammar sucks or not? You know, are you still being able to be understood by the person you're talking to, you know? And I mean, because I, I see it from the the student side of it, too, where, you know, people want to speak like I noticed it with like a lot of my Russian students. I want to speak perfect English. I'm like, there's no such thing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> there's no such thing. But I mean, like and I, I would ask, well, what are you listening to? What are you reading? What, what do you like to read? And they'll say like a grammar book. I was like, yes, but we don't learn our languages from a grammar book you learn it through you know listening to stuff that like on the radio or the news or watching a tv show or you know learning how to cook a meal or listening to people speak and 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 copying what they say you're you're you know the only time you learn grammar is like if you're going to school you know or you know academic wise or you want to write papers or whatever case it is you want to do in normal conversation, no one's no one's correcting your grammar twenty four seven. They just want to know what you want, so they can get on with their day. So I agree. I mean, I noticed that, like, especially if you live in a monolingual country, uh, like Russia or like certain parts of Asia or certain parts of Latin America, for instance. Like, if they're learning English, they learn it from an academic standpoint. So, like, when you ask them something simple, like, can you tell me what you had for dinner yesterday in English? You know, could you name the fruits and vegetables and different meats and rice and potatoes and all that type of stuff? They can't do it. Mm-hmm. And that's simple. So, yeah, when I'm working with my students... I say, well, you want to be able to use your house as a teaching tool. So, you know, you want to be able to tell what you do in your day-to-day life. Because if you're not using it to speak like like you would, like you would your normal language, and I don't mean like for career, but just, you know, just in general, general conversation, then it's going to be, is you, it's going to be a lot more difficult for you to understand what people are saying, you know. Without without having the, the vocabulary to back it up. So, yeah, I try to create different scenarios, too, when I'm teaching my students, especially the older ones. Prime example, I used um, a restaurant, a makeshift restaurant in Manhattan, and I picked a time, and I played the waitress, and I made them order, like, an appetizer, an entree, and a dessert. And then, you know, they had to, you know, practice speaking and ordering these things and conversing with the uh, waitress, you know, because this is what you would do if you were at a restaurant anyway, in your native tongue. So you would do the same thing in English, you know. And so they actually got a lot out of it, you know, because it was something that was real. So I don't know if you've done that type of scenario for your show or not. Where you mm, 
scenarios? Um, well, I think in order to create a real content, it should be connected to the real experience, the real uh, stories. So right. normally I use um, stories from my own life. Right, right. Uh, I, I speak about uh, my trips, about uh, my thoughts, and my. It's basically it's uh, very connected to. Me. Mm-hmm. Initially, I thought about uh, making content on uh, the Russian language itself and uh, Russia and Russian cu- culture, etc. Mm-hmm. But at the end of the day, mm, first of all, it's it's uh, you know. Um, more difficult to to create this kind of content because first you have to make a research and stuff but secondly uh usually from my experience of uh, students uh that's not something uh people are uh normally right uh interested in because uh they are interested in in the real person uh right mm-hmm. like uh listening to the uh, I loved what about uh, um, and uh, like is in a way then they started making content content like on three words two verbs uh, you have to learn in Russian or in X language right. and uh, you know it's not that fun anymore uh, so it's very linked to my experience uh, and the people see it, uh, it like also when it comes to classes because I provide Russian classes um, we usually I don't prepare anything uh, maybe I'm a bad teacher but it's again it's a very very uh, personal and uh, right connected to the person because i i'm asking what i'm interested in uh, like if um they live in i don't know france uh, oh tell me about your city about, about it, what you like what you do and because i'm curious i'm curious uh, to know uh, the people's experience uh, thoughts etc etc and mm-hmm. they see that i'm interested in this conversation and it becomes interesting to them so uh i try to avoid something uh artificial right of course uh i can talk about a specific top topic but uh i would only do this if it's really something i'm interested in interested in right uh, people feel it and uh, that's something that might um, attract uh the audience uh, that you know i'm real uh in uh, in creating real content not only in in a way that it's in russian mm-hmm. but it's uh, real life content like a lifestyle vlog right right I'm, that's awesome though because i i haven't done i mean for me personally i have not like I've been teaching over the summer um, languages um, using the uh, Michelle Thomas method, and because I learned Russian, I learned 
some of it from using that course and, and all the other courses I stated prior. Um, you know, the it was easy for me to break down, you know, the German and the French and the Italian because I was teaching a few people over the summer. And I found that two of them picked it up really well. But then I had to go and, and recreate, you know, create a different learning style for the other person because they weren't audio, they were visual. So I kind of led them to like the Italian Pot 101 um, course because that way they would, you know, have the audio and the visual and the PDF and, and line by line audio to work from. And mm -hmm. they, they actually said, well, this is so much better. And I said, okay, cool. You know, because evidently they have, um, they're learning disabled in their own way. So I, I've been learning over the summer, you know, how people work. And if you know the language or not, based off if you can teach it to somebody else. And I mean, like I said before, I don't speak German, but, you know, I have a high um, passive knowledge of German. Like I can understand it very well. And uh, I was able to teach in two hours, like basic German to someone, and they were able to interpret it, you know, back to me from German to English and pronounce it very well. And I found that a lot of it was also due to the fact that they were motivated to want to learn it, you know, using the method. Yet at the same time, like I, I had to encourage them. I said, you know, you have to reinforce this. You have to go back over and review. You have to listen in a lot of listening because that's going to help you. Like the first thing I hear from, the, from native speakers of other languages in particular, I don't understand English. Well, you have to listen. Hmm. It's going to slow down their speech because, you know, they're just not. I mean, especially like if you're trying to pay a bill on over the phone. And I found that to be something too that people had problems with was I want to, you know, let's pay my, my cable bill for it or my cell phone bill. And I'm doing it over the phone and they're listening to the prompts in English. Well, if you're not used to listening to something at a normal speed in which is spoken, it's going to be, you're going to be thrown off a great deal. And I'm kind of glad that, um, you kind of take the, the listening approach first because I put that at the forefront of like language learning. You know, people are like, well, you need to read and write. Well, no, you need to be able to understand what's being said. Because if you can't do that, then you're going to be dead in the water before you even start. Like, I mean, yeah, you do find that the more you listen and the more time you put into listening, to something, even if it's passively, like you're cleaning your house and you're listening to a podcast in Russian or French or German or Italian or something, you know, six weeks later, let's say you go to somewhere and you hear somebody speaking, you can understand what they're saying because you spent the time listening to what, what you know, what you were playing in the background, you know, and it, it's, it's effortless, you know. Mm -hmm. It doesn't take much for you to actually do it. I mean, you just have to be motivated to want it, want to learn it, you know, and absorb it. Yeah, it has to be fun. Not, not, 
learning with the thought that you have to, but that you're really curious to uh, in you're curious what's is written there. Uh, that's the method I use as well. For example, I um, write something in my own language, a topic. Mm-hmm. and switch it to uh, translate it to another language mm-hmm. and then just google it and search for articles in, on that and uh, uh needs to understand what what is it about and the second is to learn a language so this is uh, also a very good trick that uh, your motivation is to understand the information basically to um to have fun and uh, as a bonus, you learn a language. When, oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. When when you're uh, like between you and the content, the stuff you want to understand is the language. That's probably the best uh, scenario to learn this language. Now, if you were to give someone advice, like at least seven tips to you know, like they're starting out. Mm-hmm. Uh, like with Russian, this is prime example. What would those tips be? Seven tips? Seven tips. Okay. Uh, so first tip would be to pay a lot of attention on listening. Listening is something that might uh, be, I don't know, the, the biggest factor when it comes to learning a language, uh, the, the, the getting the result, the actual result from learning. The second uh, that we discussed already is the dedication, the con- consistency. Uh, like um, approach uh, learning the language with the idea that it's not a, a month project, three months, month, uh, project or six um, it should be a year two years might take three years or even five ten i don't know if it's an asian language so uh yeah with this idea probably there's no other way to learn language but being consistent uh, developing a habit uh third i don't know third thing would be um, uh, to I don't know I I can give a general uh, advice but I I don't know which one should uh, stand out uh, uh, yeah basically it's it's about being used to the language uh, and uh, the easiest way to do this is through listening uh, through translating uh, you can use uh, widgets uh, that uh, help you translate. It's not now. It's not that difficult, that complicated as back. Of course, back then when there were no um, electronic devices, you had to search it on the vocabulary. Now um, you don't even need to search it on vocabulary on the on the internet you can use widgets like readlink where mm-hmm. you have text and you just click on the words and uh, the translation uh, shows up um, b- next to the word you translate uh, or you can use a learning language on youtube something stuff like that uh, 
you just works for the videos with subtitles and you just uh, activate it and uh, then there you also can translate words by clicking on them so technology helps uh, uh, yeah, a person should uh, make a little research on which tools are there uh, to really uh, facilitate the learning process. What else? Uh, to gain some motivation, uh, which could be by mm, interest uh, towards the country. Uh, the uh, traveling, of course, now might be difficult, but... Uh, so sometime uh, the world will be open again and uh, traveling is a good way to boost your motivation uh, if you really like the country if not uh, again another tip um, sometimes uh, you uh, there's no sense uh, like forcing yourself learning a language if there isn't if you have weak motivation and really it doesn't really make a change in your life uh, so why why suffering and learning something uh, like forcing yourself stressing out uh, learning a language that you don't like and they don't really need to impress someone or to i don't know to complete a task so it doesn't make sense uh, lots of tips uh, like from you can um just just try uh, just try uh, adjust your method if something doesn't su suit you like this is the probably the general advice um ask uh, questions on how to learn vocabulary how to learn grammar lots of videos on the internet especially in english on language learning uh thanks to your your podcast um also so stuff like that uh, but mainly it's about uh, interest passion uh, you should not should but well it's natural if you're interested in the, the language it would be easier for you to uh, spend in time learning it um, and then uh, you know if you use the right method for you for me it's listening it's uh, uh, reading translating speaking from day one uh you uh, you'll be able to learn it within a year two years but of course no miracles uh within a month or three two uh you can learn some basics but it's also always uh a long-term project right so so yeah this is my ran random I, I couldn't put it like i'm not that systematic that put to put like seven tips but oh no that's fine no that's fine that's fine but yeah yeah i i, I have to agree because it, you know i give i give my my uh, listeners the same advice um these are the fact that it, it is a process and people you know i see all these videos about you can learn something in a week i'm like no <laughs> you yeah. cannot it's a clickbait. I mean, right, right, right. And and I'm like, okay, it took me two and a half years to learn Russian by myself. You know, and I mean, I spoke for a year and I listened for a year. And people don't realize it. That's a lot. You know, yeah. 
I mean, I even talked to myself. I mean, I created scenarios. I did all kinds of crap. Just, you know, I mean, but then I tried other creative ways like, okay, I'm, I'm, le- I'm currently learning some Arabic at the moment because we have a large Arab population where I live at here in Ohio. And uh, I basically taught myself in a year and a half how to cook a whole bunch of Lebanese food mm. from Morocco and Palestine, um, yeah, Palestine and um, Egypt. And I've learned the different, you know, um, vocabulary words and stuff in Arabic. And I went up into an Arabic grocery store back in March. I mean, we were still kind of on lockdown. And uh, I was able to have a basic conversation. That was my goal. It was something small to have a basic conversation. And I went and had a basic conversation and paid for my 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 groceries and made a new friend in the process. And and then I went over to a, a, a Spanish restaurant and bought me some flan and some Mexican Coca-Cola and some pawn and, and uh, some barracha. And after I got finished buying all that, you know, they were like, oh, I love your Spanish accent. I was like, oh, well, thank you. You know, so I, I was able to speak like two languages in one day, which was kind of cool, you know, along with English, of course. But I, you know, it was just a very comfortable thing. I could just go anywhere and speak and not feel, you know, um, persecuted for it. But I do know. Yeah, people, of course, it's another experience. Yeah, yeah. And. And here we have so many people from all over the world. You know, I mean, we had Russian people, people from Serbia, people from this place and that place, people from Vostok, Europa, and the Premier. That's that's great. That's great that you have this uh, um, international, um, live in in such an international place. Oh, yeah, because all over, I mean, people don't realize. They just think, because I'm in the U.S., we only speak English and Spanish when, in fact, there's over 400 different languages spoken in this country. Of course. And, but, Especially in, in YC, uh, yeah. you get to speak any language in the world, probably. Uh, yeah. Actually, right now, according to my friends, they're, if they're translating documents, they're translating them now into Arabic, Spanish, Mandarin Chinese, and English wow. Because those really populations... the capital of the world. Well, actually, the capital of the U.S. is Washington D.C. But, but it's it's funny because like even here in Ohio, we have such a large demographic of people from like all over. But we're we're getting a large influx of people from like all over Asia, Latin, some Latin America, but a lot of like the Middle East and Vostok Europa, not mm-hmm. So it it's it it's it's. It's a lot of fun to, you know, come into contact with people and, and speak a little bit of their language, even if it's a few words here and there. You know, I mean, they, they just go crazy because they don't expect you to to speak it at all. Like, I went to a Thai restaurant. And my whole goal was I just wanted to speak Thai. Like, mm-hmm. I wanted to order me some food at a Thai restaurant and have a small conversation. And out of that, I made a friend and they invited me to a Buddhist temple to practice my Thai just for that little bit of a conversation I had. Now, mind you, did I pick it up again? No. But I learned how to cook some cuisine. I met a few friends, and it was it was cool. You know? so, yeah, that's why we learn languages. 
Oh, yes. And I mean, I guess that's another reason I do my podcast show, because I get to hear stories about people and and you find you you find you have more in common than you do difference in regards to, you know, how one learns. I mean, and, and yes, a lot of people, you know, do the audio, but a lot of them are more visual than they are. Like they don't they don't just focus on you know they'll just the listening they they focus on the visual more so yeah i um before I let you go um where can or anyone find you um if they wanna you know check you out okay uh so as uh, we mentioned uh, uh Russian progress channel. You can search it on uh, YouTube or podcast on on Google. You probably will find it. Um, if you if someone someone is interested in my uh, trips, uh, traveling, I daily post something uh, from my uh, the places I am now uh, on Instagram. I have two accounts: uh, Artem Nazarov uh, and uh, Russian Progress as well. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, the rest uh, would be easy to find through the main channel. Uh, like I have Telegram and other social media, though I try to avoid them because they um, uh, they steal a lot of time. Um, I everyone to check out my channel to try to. Um, to watch a video in Russian, turn on the subtitles. Every video has subtitles. There are almost like like 200 videos, I guess. Um, and also, I have another channel, a YouTube channel, uh, Artyom Nazarov. It's in Russian, but you can easily find it through Russian Progress. There I speak English, uh, Italian, Spanish, uh, Polish recently. Um, it's just for fun, uh, my language channel when, where I practice languages. So, yeah. Oh, wow. Спасибо большое, мой друг, за сотрудничество. Моя аудио-подкаст программа канал. Это очень приятно знакомиться, мой друг. И если всем Uh, uh, um, Artem's um, audio podcast program. We mojite slushit na Apple Podcast um ili um na Google. Um, mm-hmm. Play Store, Ili Spotify, because uh, I've seen it on here. Um, Ili um, uh, Amazon Echo devices. Любая платформа. Oh, okay. Да, любая платформа. Спасибо okay. тебе большое. Спасибо. Спасибо. Um, also, if you guys want to follow, rate, review this podcast, Chanel's Language Learning Journey, you can do so at all um, platforms where podcasts are downloaded. Remember, language learning is a journey, not a race. Enjoy the podcast. Enjoy the process and 
I will see you guys in the next episode. So, paka paka soon. Paka paka. See you. <laughs>